Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. And welcome back to What's God Got to Do With It. And I'm so excited to dive into today's topic because in so many ways, we've been setting it up over the past few episodes. So both last week and the week before, we really crossed into this whole where faith meets science territory. And I don't know about you, but I've been loving it because on my own spiritual quest, this is the kind of stuff that really isn't being talked about. So if you missed the last couple episodes, definitely go back and check those out because Because back in episode six, how God helped me heal my fears about being alone the rest of my life, we got into the science of how to shift beliefs, but also how to invite God into that conversation from day one. Then last week in episode seven, the faith brain connection where self-image meets neuroscience, we literally talked about just that, how to approach your self-image and identity. And yes, from a science brain-based, you know, brain-changing perspective, but as you probably guessed, how to invite God into the conversation from day one. But of course, meeting you where you are in your own journey, and maybe you have some skepticism or doubt or, or past experiences that weren't awesome. And regardless, I really just invite you to go back and check those out as, like I said, there's a crossover and they pave the way for what we're going to talk about today, which is all about how food fits faith and a restored body image intersect. And in some ways, this should be the easiest episode for me to create since this is literally what I do in my day job. I I help women and teens escape from the food and body prison and heal their relationship with food and their bodies and just make peace with themselves in the process. But the reason this isn't quite so simple is because it's such a big conversation. And a lot of women and, and men, if you're listening out there too, have a really complicated relationship with food and their bodies. And the stuff that we're going to cover today, you know, I work with people very intensively for three to four months at a time to really help them heal this and put the problem to bed and get off the, you know, put a Band-Aid on it roller coaster. So to try to distill it down into one podcast episode, that's why it feels like a challenge. But I say challenge accepted. But I am also going to be super mindful about not giving you Band-Aids or giving you one and done solutions. So I want to be really 
clear about what I am and what I'm not promising here. And and this is really about inviting you into a conversation where you can explore this massive topic, but from a place of no fluff and truly addressing the problem from its roots. But again, not by giving you this one and done solution. This is literally just the beginning of the conversation. Okay. And I'll start by kind of, you know, bottom lining it for you. And if I were to bottom line how to heal your food and body struggles through the lens of faith, I would literally just put it into two categories. So the first side of it is, yes, you have to heal the cycle and the habits and the behaviors. Like, that's a given. In in other words, you've got to address the wiring in your brain that's causing you to eat the way you eat or don't eat and move the way you move or don't move and, and treat yourself and your body the way you treat it or don't treat it and in turn feel the way you feel or don't feel about yourself, okay? Which, spoiler alert, is really what we're going to talk about in depth today, but we We are going to do that through the lens of faith and invite God into that conversation from the get-go. But there's a second category or a flip side of this equation. And again, if I was to bottom line it, it's this. It's the identity. In a way, you have to become a new version of yourself. Like you have to radically transform your being. And I know that sounds so daunting, especially if food in your body is something that you've been struggling with for a long time. But trust me, it's imperative because let's say you had all that strategy and habit and brain change stuff I talked about a second ago, right? Let's say you had the perfect plan and the perfect steps to take. Who's to say you would actually show up for yourself and use it and stick with it, right? And this is what I tell all my stressless eating clients too. I tell them like, listen, I could teach you the system of thinking I teach my clients around food and your bodies, but if you don't address the self-image and body image and the identity that's causing you to think and act and feel and behave the way that you are around food and your body, you will always end up right back where you are because I can guarantee like that despite what you think, you know, you don't have a, a food problem or a body problem, right? It's definitely a brain thing. And the things that have gotten fired and wired in your brain are because of the thoughts and the emotions and the actions that are a cascade effect and have simply become habits. In other words, your habits and behaviors are symptom of a cause, right? Or symptoms, I should say, aka your thoughts that's causing something to happen upstream in your brain. But I would also venture to say, or at least invite you to try on the possibility, that what if this was also a spiritual thing? Because yes, I think we are starting to get that the problem is emotional. Like I think that a lot of that's being talked about nowadays. But I truly believe that the problem is also spiritual, as in it's in your soul and it's in your spirit. So what if we started there, right? Like what if instead of trying to influence what you're eating or how you're moving your body, we entered into the conversation of, addressing the root of the problem of what's going on in your mind and brain, but also in your heart and spirit so that you can address it from the root. And if we are talking about addressing it from the roots, you don't need to be a farmer to know that if you plant seeds in toxic soil, it's not going to grow, okay? In fact, the seeds will most likely die die or spoil, right? And also, you can't force a tree to grow. The, the tree needs what it needs to grow. So yes, it's important to plant seeds for creating new habits and new behaviors, but you also want to make sure that you're planting those seeds and growing those roots in 
really nourished and rich soil, not like toxic soil, right? And here's what I mean. I I call this the tale of two roots. And I'm going to link this graphic in the show notes. But for now, if you're listening and not looking, obviously, I just want you to imagine a picture of a big tree, okay? And that big tree has a big trunk and big roots. And of course, those roots are rooted in soil. But this first half, the soil is unnourished and unhealthy, and the roots are dry and unhealthy, and there's no fruits, right? Or maybe there's weeds or like rotten fruit coming out of the unhealthy soil and the unhealthy roots and the dry roots, right? And so coming back to this metaphor of planting seeds of habits in unhealthy soil, if you are not happy with your relationship with food and your body, maybe this is how your body feels or your health feels to you. Like it, you're unhealthy and unnourished, right? But then I want you to picture the other half of the tree, okay? The other half has this nourished and nourishing healthy soil, okay? It has nourished and healthy roots. And from these roots, it's growing fruit that is alive and abundant and delicious. So again, two very different trees, two very different sides of the equation. And so rolling with this metaphor for your health really on this good side, we'll call it, right? It's fruit that you want to be growing, that you're like intentionally growing, right? And and most people, they're looking at the fruits of the seeds that got planted and they're feeling really unhappy with those fruits. And so they just go try to buy other seeds and other seeds, other seeds, more seeds. And they never examine the roots and the soil that those seeds are being planted in. And that's why, yes, you need a new system of thinking around food and your body. But the other side of it is like you've got to heal your self-image. And in a way, you need to become a new version of yourself with new beliefs and a new identity, which that side of things we actually talked about a lot in last week's episode. So just as a review of that and and what I refer to as kind of the neuro faith side of your health. And remember, if you if you heard last week, we kind of talked about it like in a way it's like taking care of your mental, emotional health, like you brush your teeth or take a shower. But we talked about the neurofaith side of your self-image. So your beliefs about yourself, your perception of yourself, the goggles that you're seeing yourself through that then becomes this kind of narrator in your mind and the voice of your self-talk. And then we talked about the neurofaith side of your coping mechanisms. So whether that's food, social media, dating apps, alcohol, whatever your drug of choice is. And again, there's no shame and we all have our own. And then we talked about the neurofaith side of pain and your physical body, which, like I talked about last week, you know, the first step is is like the survival side of it, like the requirement that your brain has to just get yourself out of pain and physical pain. And then after that, we can obviously talk about the thrive or like what you desire side of things like your weight or optimal health. And so, again, if you want to take a deep dive on the faith brain connection side of things, definitely go back and check out that episode and the week before. And then also, as we mentioned, I truly believe like you do need a new system of thinking around food because if you are using it as a form of restriction or deprivation or obsession or or just like a false sense of control, or maybe you swing towards more towards the opposite, right? Like overeating or binging or emotional eating, or you just, you know, feel out of control of food. Then that same punishment cycle, by the way, can take place with your body and exercise too. But, you know, most people, they go down the whole eat less, move more road as they're go to. And let's be honest, that doesn't just not help. It it honestly makes the problem worse. And even if you can stick to it briefly, 
old habits just end up coming back with a vengeance. And just as a side note, we are going to get into the faith side of this topic today and how to invite God into this conversation. But if this is your big struggle, I do have a separate podcast called Outway, which I co-host with Amy Brown. And it's literally an entire podcast dedicated to this subject matter. And, you know, we get into the nitty gritty of all of this. So definitely go check that out as well. But today we're going to take a deep dive into the spiritual side of this conversation. So let's dive in. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into the spiritual side of this conversation. So let's dive in. So how do you do that, right? Because nowadays, you know, I see it too on the internet, on Instagram, everyone and their mom is talking about, you know, ditching the diets and food freedom. But the only problem with that is how, right? Like how do you suddenly stop doing what you've been doing for decades? Or or maybe it's the only thing you've ever known. And how do you suddenly stop shaming yourself and hating on yourself or criticizing yourself if that's all your brain knows how to do? And how do you suddenly just stop dieting if you've been on the roller coaster a long time. And let's be honest, like you're terrified. Like, you know, going off the deep end and gaining a bunch of weight is probably what you're thinking is your only alternative if you're not on a diet or something, right? And then, of course, like, how do you invite God into this massive conversation and invite him to walk alongside you? And so I'm going to walk you through a five-step recipe, if you want to call it that. But I do want to make this one, you know, small but imperative disclaimer. You know, remember how I said that you need to essentially become a new person and in a way create a new identity through God's eyes? Well, that's why I just wanted to shine a light on this and say that if you take nothing else away from this episode, right, if you take nothing else away but this one thing, I want you to take this away. I want to invite you to stop looking for the solution here as I'm, you know, pointing to my body or my stomach or my hips, right? Because the solution lives in your brain and in your heart. And yes, I'm inviting you into the possibility that it lives in your spirit, okay? And if you've heard me talk about this before, you'll know that I talk a, a lot about this idea of something called the weight of the weight. And I talk about it a lot. And what I mean by that is when you've been stuck in the food and body struggle for years or decades or or sometimes it's a lifetime, it's like there's these heavy chains of thoughts and beliefs that you've been carrying around in your brain around food and your body, but you've also been carrying them around in your heart and your spirit for as long as you can remember. And those heavy, rusty chains are what is actually so heavy, okay? And the weight on your body isn't the real weight, okay? The real weight is all this other stuff, aka, you know, those chains of beliefs and behaviors and really shame that you've been carrying around with you. And there's no shame in that whatsoever. Like it's what I learned and it's what all my clients learn too. And there's a multi-billion dollar industry out there teaching you the same thing. But until you break the chains, right, you're going to keep walking around with those chains and they're just going to keep getting heavier. And if you're anything like I was, you kind of become desensitized to them. But they feel normal because they're disguised as you thinking that you're being air quotes health conscious or air quotes watching what you eat. But they are not normal and they don't have to be, right? They are chains that bog down your head and your heart and your spirit and in turn bog down your body. And they are chains that do not have to be there. 
And we are having these important conversations today because you don't want to be carrying them around anymore. But again, it's been happening so long that it feels normal. So let's break those chains so we can ditch that weight, the weight of the weight. And that's what we're going to cover. And just for the record, I feel so aligned starting here for your holy guacamole food faith and restored body image conversation because this is where I start with all of my clients. And I know if I'm going to be a good steward of your time and your energy and your spiritual life, then this is what I really want you to get. So starting with the first chain that we have to break, okay, we have to ditch the fight, which is the first weight of the weight. And really, it's the weight of that chronic, restrictive, dieting, control, hyper-control mentality. And it's the weight of the restriction and the deprivation and the punishment and the persuasion and the stress that typically comes alongside food in your body, and it does not have to. But I'll also say this, God did not design us to have such a toxic relationship with food in our bodies. But again, that's so much easier said than done, right? So what is the solution and what is the alternative to that? Well, most women I talk to think it's feeling out of control of food if they aren't dieting, and they think that's the only alternative, or they think that the only alternative is like, you know, going off the rails or gluttonously overstuffing themselves. But I believe that that's not the, the alternative. The true alternative that I want to invite you to look for, and, and really the, the alternative to toxic dieting, restrictive mentality, is to go make peace with food. It's like to go on this journey where you make peace with food, you make peace with your body. And, and really, it's essentially, you know, like waving the white flag, right? Because a lot of us are at wars with our bodies, when you're at war, that's where that diet mentality exists, right? And so what if it was a matter of, you know, waving the white flag, laying down the weapons of destruction and ending this war that you've been in with yourself and with food and with your body? And yeah, I'm kind of inviting you to like go get sick of the fight, like get sick and tired of the fight and just simply declare that you are ready to make peace with food and get on the same team as your body, even if you don't know what that looks like, right? Like I'm just inviting you to be open to ending the cycle of the fight after fight after fight after fight and that it's really a false sense of control and to vow to just go in the direction of peace and love and freedom and what better way to do that than with God on your side, right? And so I know you might be thinking like, but Leanne, I tried inviting God into this. And I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, when I ask women what that means, like I can't even tell you how many times women are like, Leanne, but I tried this. I invited God into the conversation. But what when I dig a little deeper, it typically means that they just asked God to give them more willpower and discipline and self-control so that they can keep dieting and restricting and obsessing. Or they ask God to just like magically take their problems away. But honestly, that's the opposite of what I'm saying and what I'm inviting you into. Like what I'm saying is to, yes, invite God into the conversation of you actually healing your relationship with food in your body. And that's not what we just said. Like, again, a lot of women are saying, hey, God, just take away my weight or take away, give me more willpower and discipline. But what I'm inviting you to ask God is say, what if you started praying for like God to actually help you heal your relationship with food in your body? And that is something that not only have most women never done, but they've never invited God into that, right? And so here's what's possible through the eyes of the Lord. In, in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
Okay. And this is interesting because it's like, when was the last time you brought your desires for peace with food and peace with your body to God, right? Instead of asking God or praying for weight loss or praying for self-control or whatever, right? And that's why I'm inviting you into a new conversation with God and a new prayer, like really a new prayer life on this subject. Like what if you started praying for peace and praying for healing or at least inviting God to help you end this war? that you found yourself in with food in your body. And in Matthew 6, 25 through 34, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And to me, this is just a reminder that there is so much more to your life than food and your body. And yes, like, please don't hear what I'm not saying. Like, definitely take care of your health and focus on healing. But to me, this just reinforces to ditch the fight and ditch the weight of the weight of all of that restriction and deprivation and punishment and persuasion and stress that typically comes alongside food in your body. And it does not have to. And so again, it's like it's a flip side of this conversation. We're asking God to help us heal the fight, not heal the weight, not heal the battle of the bulge, right? And so again, like this is FYI, a much, much bigger conversation than the scope of this episode, one that I have, again, over months and months with individuals, but obviously we are just scratching the surface. And and I just wanted to get the wheels turning in your brain so that you can head in a new direction and break the chains in your own heart and spirit. Okay, so the next set of chains we have to break and the next weight of the weight is the weight of being your own biggest critic, okay? It's the weight of harsh judgments and self-criticism and guilt and shame and blame and comparisonitis and perfectionism, and it's showing up in your self-image and self-talk. And I love this parable. It's it's a non-biblical parable, but it sums up what I'm sharing perfectly, and it goes like this. One evening, an old Cherokee Indian told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. So what are you feeding? Are you feeding your relationship with God and how he sees you and the beauty and perfection that you already are and don't have to hustle for? And and let's be honest, like even if you don't like what you weigh right now or you're not totally happy with your body right now, it does not strip you of your right to feel worthy and loved and known right now. Or are you pursuing your own pursuits of getting your own self-image cup filled from things like your gene size or your scale weight or your calorie count or whatever, right? So what are you feeding? Are you feeding guilt, like by feeling guilty about what you did or didn't eat or do? Are you feeding shame by feeling ashamed of your habits or ashamed of yourself or ashamed of your behaviors or who you're showing up as? 
Are you feeding blame by continually blaming yourself or blaming others or blaming those darn irresistible cookies? And are you feeding comparisonitis by constantly comparing yourself to where you think you should be or what you should be doing or really just comparing your worst to someone else's best? And are you feeding perfectionism by letting your own perfectionist run the show? And trust me, with her, it's never enough. You're never going to be doing enough or good enough or smart enough or skinny enough or just enough, period. And this, the shame, the blame, the guilt, the comparisonitis, the perfectionism, this is the part that's not working. And this is what's causing you so much unhappiness. And this is what causes you to feel further from God because this is not how God sees you. And this is not how God has designed you to feel within yourself and with your body. And that's why little by little, we want to feed this less and feed God's view of you more. So what does God say about this? Well, let's just take a look at the clues we left for ourselves from last week's episode. So remember how I told you the experiment that when humans have what they called the ultimate friend on their side, it made a big difference when it comes to self-respect and self-worth and how there was literally a study that showed the impact of faith on self-image and self-worth. And if not, definitely go back and listen to episode seven, The Faith-Brain Connection, where self-image meets neuroscience. And I went into you know, the, the nitty gritty of this. But again, and, and here's the cool thing from this study. I want to point out that the kind of relationship with God and Christ that the study talked about, they referred to having a relationship with Christ where he was like the ultimate friend and a divine being who cared about them. And this is relationship, right? And so it's not religion. It's not a punishment or shame-driven God. It's a relationship with a loving, redeeming God and a heavenly father who sees you and loves you just as you are and you You don't have to earn it or work for it or lose weight to feel it right now, right? So let's look at what God's got to say about it by going to his word. Like this from 1 Samuel 16, 7, and this is the NIV version. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. Like how often are our self-images based solely on what we look like or those quantifiable things like our gene size or skill weight? Like the Lord looks at the heart, okay? And from Isaiah 61, 7, he says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. And I love that. And I'll tell you this. I promise you it's true. If you stop basing your view of yourself based on your own worldly view and and pray for God's view, God will show you worthiness that you could have never imagined. And, you know, scripture says double portion. And honestly, I feel like he he 100x'd my own self-worth. And, and yeah, it did start with me going down the brain and science rabbit hole. But when I started asking, you know, what's God got to do with all this self-image stuff and food and body stuff? stuff? And what does God reflect back to me in the mirror of my own self-perception? What happened is beyond description. And I use words like miracles because that's what it felt like after 30 years of toxic shame and having self-rejection and self-abandonment as my emotional home. 
And that's why I'm inviting you to just try this on, okay? Try on that you're not crazy or weak-willed. You just have a brain, okay? And ask God to fill you with new beliefs and new elements of your identity and step into your own rebirth because the alternative is simply walking around with more and more heavy, heavy chains and the weight of the weight of your own harsh judgments and self-criticism and shame and blame and comparisonitis. And the truth is, is that most most women, they do look at this last. You know, when thinking about their food and body struggles, they think about this last. But again, if you've been being like you're hyper judgmental and self-critical, shaming, blaming self your whole life, that's not going to just magically go away if you lose weight or eat well for a few days because it's not in your mind or it's not just in your mind, right? It's in your, your brain and your self-image, but it's in your spirit and your identity. And you cannot out-diet, out-perform, or out-smart your identity and your true beliefs about yourself, right? But when you invite God into the conversation, that's when chains can actually break, okay? And so I'll just leave it at that for now because I could go on and on about this subject because, once again, it's it's a biggie. But for now, I'm just going to introduce you to the next set of chains that we have to break and introduce you to the next weight of the weight, okay? And it's the weight of your triggers, and I do put that word in air quotes. And and what I mean by that is it's the weight of all the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social stress, right? Brain stress that if it doesn't get released or addressed, it actually triggers your deepest ingrained habits, okay? As in that is how your brain works, okay? When you are physically, mentally, or emotionally stressed, it actually triggers your oldest habits. So what do we do about that? How do we stop that? Well, the cool thing is, is you're in luck because I really laid it all out for you in last week's episode, the, the faith-brain connection. And I also go a lot deeper into all of this in my Stressless Eating Masterclass, which I'm also going to link for you in the show notes, or you can just go to leanellington.com slash masterclass and find it. And like I said, we go deep into this. But just to jog your memory from last week, I don't know if you remember, but last week I, I quoted a study where it said that 84%, it was really a study of studies. It was a bunch of studies that they collated, but 80 of the study of studies found that faith reduced the risk of drug abuse, okay? Now, that's for actual illicit drugs, but just imagine what faith can do if you feel like you're addicted to food or sugar or whatever you turn to when you're bored or lonely or stressed or sad. And I reminded you what God said about it in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And I want to really repeat this because in these times when we feel out of control of food or wine or Netflix or whatever it is, we feel so alone. We feel so broken. We feel so crazy. There's so much shame. And so I want to just remind you, like, you are not crazy. You are not weak-willed. You are human. And your temptations are also the human part of you. But God will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And if you feel lost or in the dark, this is the perfect place to meet God and ask Ask him to meet you there. And so ladies, if you are one of those people that if you're not on something, you're really off of it, or maybe you're left to your own devices of overeating or binge eating or comfort eating or, you know, keep you, you fill some sort of void with food or social media or Netflix, like whatever your drug of choice is, this is why. 
It's fired and wired in your brain. And that's why willpower or trying to motivate or white knuckle your way through it isn't working because it's never going to be solved with logic or reason. But again, hear what God has to say about this and try to take a different approach to this part of your challenges. He says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way so that you can endure. So again, imagine, like one of the things I used to say is I'm like, when I think I need sugar, what I really need is X. And I fill that in with different things. Like over the years, I was like, okay, I need to be connected to myself. I need a connection to family. There was a lot of different things. But when I finally saw and looked back when I invited God into this conversation, I was like, when I think I want sugar, and this is obviously if I'm not hungry, but like when I think I need sugar, what I really need is Jesus, right? Like fill in the blank. When I think I need, you know, to numb out on Netflix for the entire day, like what I really need is Jesus. Or when I feel like smoking weed or or pouring like three glasses of wine at night or whatever it is for you, like what I really need is Jesus. And like, what if that was when you invited God into the conversation? And I know it's not our first, you know, thought process because we're so used to our coping mechanisms just kind of taking over. And that's why I'm just inviting you into this conversation now. All right, we are almost there, taking this on home. And so the next chain we have to break the stronghold of and the next weight of the weight is what I call the weight of waiting for the weight to go be who you want to be and do what you really want to do and live the life that you really want to live. And this is, again, where I'll remind you what God said when he said in in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I fell into this victim mentality for years, okay, where I was just waiting for that thing that I thought would make me happy to go live the life I truly wanted to live and the life that I was, you know, waiting, honestly, the life that was waiting for me right then and right there. I just couldn't see it. And in my case, I thought it was my weight that would make me happy. But trust me, I I filled it in with, with other things too. I'm like, oh, when I have a successful career, when I meet the person for me, then I'll be happy. But all of that, like waiting for the weight stuff kept me stuck in that victim mentality, feeling like I had no choice, feeling like it was something external out of me to create peace and happiness within me. And so I'm just here to lovingly ask you, like, where are you waiting for the weight, right? Waiting for things to get better on their own, you know, waiting for someone to want it for you or do it for you, or waiting for discipline or willpower to magically show up. I know I did that a lot, right? Or waiting for the air quotes perfect time or perfect moment or or for things to be perfect. Or waiting to start finding the beautiful, confident, powerful version of yourself that you are right now and God sees you as that right now. Like not when you go lose weight, not when you make more money, not when you have more followers on Instagram or whatever it is, right? Like right now. And again, that comes back to seeing yourself through this, this different identity because the identity that you're seeing itself through right now of shame or, you know, self-rejection is not really who you are. In in reality, it's causing you to wait for the weight to be who you want to be and do what you want to do and feel how you want to feel. And I'm here to tell you, like, you don't have to keep waiting, right? Like, don't make the same mistakes I made. Like, don't wait for your body to be a certain size or a certain shape to go start living your life. And definitely don't wait for things to go get magically better on your own, right? Invite God into this conversation and go meet yourself where you are right now, just as you are. Like, 
right now, this exact weight or gene size with your current level of skills and experience and just start living. That is my invitation to you. And last but not least, the last chain we need to break and the last weight of the weight is the weight of feeling alone or trying to do it all alone or trying to save yourself. And that's where I'll invite you into this idea that you can't see what you can't see. So you might need to borrow someone else's brain. And and that's literally what I do with my clients. I say like, borrow my brain, borrow my beliefs while we go build your own brain and beliefs. But like whose beliefs are better to borrow than God's, right? And that's really what I want to invite you into. Like what if this was the perfect place to invite God into this and borrow God's beliefs and God's views of you. And I mean, what if you are broken like we all are and you need a savior? And and I don't mean that broken as in like period, end of sentence. I mean like brokenhearted, broken open, like not broken as an identity, but like we all need support. We all need help. And honestly, this was one of the hardest things for me to accept and grasp. But, but once I did, wow, right? And in Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, like we all need help. Like this isn't doesn't make you weak or destined to stay this way forever. It's just like, no, it's the human part of you. We've all sinned. We all fall short and we all need God's glory to save us. Right. And hear me out for a minute on something else, too, because the number one thing I hear on this whole like I need to do it on my own factor or I feel all alone on this is I hear Leanne, I know what to do, but I just can't get myself to do it. And that's where I want to invite you into another possibility that might be in your blind spot. Like, what if you actually don't know what to do? What if you learned the whole like eat less, move more, avoid that, restrict that, you know, diet, weight loss mentality. And of course, that's no way to live. And it's something that the most willpower driven woman couldn't sustain. Right. And, and of course, as you're learning, it doesn't even work. But what if you also learn that, like, again, the only way you can love yourself is if you look a certain way, wear a certain size, all of that, right? Because the truth is, like, if you did know what to do, you would probably be doing it right now and you'd be happy and you'd be you'd feel feel God's love, right? So what if you actually don't know what to do? And I mean that in in a great way, as in like it's an opportunity. Like what if you never actually learned a long-term sustainable way of thinking when it comes to food in your body? And what if you never learned how to have a stressless relationship with food in your body when we're, you, you don't have to think about it all the time and you don't have to obsess about it and food can just be food and your body can just be your body, but also you know how to take care of it, right? But it's not this obsessive thing in your brain all the time. And what if you never learned how to truly love yourself like warts and all as Jesus loves you as God sees you and that's why I strongly urge you not to do this alone because the solution it's not only in your blind spot and you're you know you're gonna need help seeing what you can't see but you're believing what you're believing because your identity has still not been shifted if, if obviously you're listening to this and you're in your challenge by this topic and look you know I've seen so many women try to heal this on their own or think that they're weak if they need help. And if you've spent years, you know, doing this on your own and it hasn't been working, this is why. Like, you've got to get the support that you need. Like, this isn't the kind of thing you can just do on your own because, again, it's in your blind spot and it's in your identity. And I mean this with so much love, too, but, like, this is your health. Like, this is your your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. Like, this is your life. And that's what's at stake. And if you have been struggling with this for years, which, you know, if you're listening to this episode right now, there's a good chance you have, it's not going to just magically go away on its own. 
And so, yes, you do absolutely need to retrain your brain. But what if you needed to also surrender this over to God, right? What if you needed a savior? What if you couldn't do this on your own? And honestly, like, do you even want to? And again, I hear women say this all the time. They're like, but Leanne, I gave this over to God and I asked him to take away this burden from me. And again, it typically means they asked God to give them more willpower and discipline and self-control so that they can keep dieting and restricting and obsessing. But again, that's the opposite of what I'm inviting you to do here. Like what I'm saying is to actually invite God into the conversation of you actually healing your relationship with food in your body and healing your self-image and identity and becoming the version of yourself that no longer relies on old coping mechanisms or feeling like you're addicted to food and sugar and and becoming a new creation so that you can truly be healthy mind, body, soul, spirit. Can you see how different that is than asking God to just help you lose weight or have more willpower to diet so that you can lose weight? Like, again, it's a different way to invite God into this conversation. This idea of inviting God into it and what we talked about on today's episode, that is something that not only have most women never done in general, but they've never invited God to help them heal the truer, deeper problem. And there's nothing wrong with saying like, hey, I need help. And there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, God, like, I don't want to do this on my own anymore so that you can really address what's keeping you stuck and and end that war that you've been in with yourself and truly begin your journey of healing. And as always, everything I share is simply an invitation without expectation to just try on a new story or a new perspective and see what meets you where you are right now in your own journey. I just want to recognize, like, this is a massive conversation, and a lot of women do have a really complicated relationship with food in their bodies. And that's why this episode was really just about inviting you into a conversation where you can explore this massive topic, but from a place of no fluff and, and truly addressing the problem from its roots, but also from a place of grace and love and compassion. And so this is hopefully just the beginning of this powerful conversation that if you continue to explore, can and will transform your entire being. I promise you that. And, and I do mean that from my own experiences and just witnessing witnessing hundreds of other women, you know, get off the the short-term Band-Aid roller coaster and walk themselves through the the healing process themselves. So that being said, as promised, I'm going to share the Tale of Two Roots infographic in the show notes below this episode. But also, if you wanted to learn more about rewiring your brain to heal from the all or nothing, you know, that diet mentality and and do it for good, but without, you know, restricting yourself or punishing your body and and definitely without ever having to use words like macros and low-carb or calorie burn. You can check out my free stressless eating masterclass at leannellington.com slash masterclass. And we will link that in the show notes as well with that infographic. And now you understand why it is so incredibly powerful and relevant to invite God into this conversation from day one. Because if you're wondering what's God got to do with your relationship with food in your body, I'm here to tell you everything, everything you know and everything that you didn't know you didn't know. We'll be back with more What's God Got to Do With It. But in the meantime, I would definitely love to hear from you. So just tell me where you are in your story or maybe what questions you have. Like, where do you feel you need clarity or support or wisdom in your own journey? 
I definitely want to hear from you. So head on over to whatsgodgottodowithit.com and scroll down to the form to share your thoughts, your questions, your feedback, and you can do that instantly. So whatsgodgottodowithit.com, you'll find all the ways to do that. And if you like this podcast and want to hear more, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get your weekly dose of What's God Got to Do With It. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review to show your support. It really means so much. What's God Got to Do With It is an iHeartRadio podcast on the Amy Brown Podcast Network. It's written and hosted by me, Leanne Ellington. Executive produced by Elizabeth Fazio. Post-production and editing by Houston Tilly. And original music written by Cheryl Stark and produced by Adam Stark. Adam Stark.